0: I don't know any of the reindeer names. Rudolph, Comet, Blitzen. There's two Phillips, I know that. That's actually real. Yeah, there's two Phillips. You know, you could be totally bullshitting me right now. I'd have no idea. There's a Jerry, how many does he have? Six? That's it, I think we got it. Hello and welcome to Tutu Guys, a podcast about ballet hosted by Adam and Keelan. My name's Adam. My name's Keelan. Thanks for being here. I'm not
1: going to lie, dude. I'm so pumped today.
0: Yeah? (laughs) so
1: pumped, yeah. After our launching, like, oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so ready. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I feel you. This is
1: great. (laughs) You woke up really early today, though, no?
0: I did and I wasn't able to fall back to sleep. You know what? It's kind of like Christmas days of old when you're a kid and you wake up at like seven. And mm-hmm. you're just too pumped to go back to sleep. It was mm-hmm. one of those.
1: When you woke up, did you have the kind of feeling you have when you, when you know you've got a, a good present waiting? And then you're like, oh my God, yes, I finally got the present. Or was it just like, oh, I can't wait to get up and
0: do the podcast with my buddy? So first thing this morning, alarm goes off. In my dream state, I just didn't know what was going on. And then eventually I realized like, all oh, right, I'm a human being on earth and I need to wake up now. So that was the first thing.
1: Good realization there.
0: Then I hit snooze. First failure. When I woke up 10 minutes later, the sun had come out and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Then I saw the message saying, hey, we're going to record later. And then I got a cramp in my hamstring because I went Mm -hmm. for a run yesterday and I bent my leg and that was a mistake. And I should have known that. I learned from it and now I know better. What do you do when you get a cramp? You just stretch it straight away. You just try to do the opposite movement. Yeah. Yeah. Make the cramp go away. You know, when you, I was actually reminded of how awful the body can feel Mm -hmm. when I woke up where like your body, you can feel amazing. And like your, your mental state, your level of energy can be incredible and elated. Like the human body can feel so great, but can also feel so bad. And I was just reminded, oh yeah, you can feel like garbage. (laughs) So that's what I felt this morning, but I feel great now. All
1: right. eyes and lows, baby.
0: Yeah. That's, that's what you get when you wake up at 7.15 on Christmas morning is you like, oh yeah, right. I just know that, uh, at 1230, I'm going to be cooking pancake breakfast for my mother. And that's exciting. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Should and then sure we're going to, <laughs> we're going to open Prezzi's. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. Have you opened mm-hmm. any presents yet today? Yep. Anything you want to tell me and the listeners? Set. Chest set. What a surprise amazing that's great i was so happy i was
1: so so bloody happy because of course uh was it queen's gambit got me back into chess even though i quit like a a year ago because i was uh i was getting addicted to it which i know it sounds like the most ridiculous addiction you've ever heard addicted to chess but it's serious okay anything you're addicted to is serious agreed yeah it was getting in the way of of my life i was um spending lots of time either playing chess or going on youtube and watching people play chess and i wasn't doing the things i needed to do (laughs) so yeah i took like a year off and then i watched queen's gambit and then i was just like oh my god queen's gambit is amazing like the way it's produced the storyline yeah yeah it's just amazing everyone should watch that if they haven't seen it yet and if they have then I'm, I'm getting that they're probably a lot more interested in chess. In which case, if you want to play me on chess.com, just, you know, send an email and I'll play you. I'm around
0: 1400 rating. <clears throat> yeah, it's a it. chess, chess geek out there. <laughs> Sneaky sponsorship uh, work in. We're actually, this episode is sponsored by chess.com. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. Let me tell. Ch- oh, no, sorry. We're not. Oh, um, damn it! I can tell you <laughs> as somebody who did watch Queen's Gambit, my mm-hmm. interest in chess beforehand was, I think it's cool, but... Mm-hmm. I don't feel motivated to play it. And uh, now after watching it, I, I definitely can say I still have no interest in playing. So
1: ah, okay,
0: uh, <laughs> maybe I'm the outlier though, but I do have a really nice chess set here. Really nice. Uh, Everything about it is marble. And really? so the chess set altogether is probably like 30 pounds. Oh, damn. Which, oh, sorry. For British listeners and Europeans, that's probably like 12 kilos. I don't really know.
1: Yeah, 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 okay, I
0: know. Pounds are like half, so it's like fifteen kilos, I think. Hey Google, how many kilos is thirty pounds? She's not gonna say it out loud. Yeah, Yeah, because
1: Siri's better than Google, so I'll I'll show you how it's done. How do you? Oh, actually, I don't care. You're probably right. Yeah, definitely. Show me pounds in kilos.
0: Okay, it doesn't say it, but it's 13.61. <laughs> hey, that's what I got too. 13.608, actually. Okay. So is I, guess, I guess 30. Google <laughs> is better than Siri. Damn, Christian that's Gaze. heavy.
1: Yeah, that's super heavy.
0: That's hard to bicep curl even.
1: Even for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm joking. I did here. like three press-ups today, and then I realized like, oh, shit. I need to start doing more press ups. <laughs> well,
0: we can, we can, I was thinking we could do the bring Sally up one, like together and like push each other over zoom. And yeah, that would be, yeah.
1: I'm at least now like talking about the future. I'm very down to do that. Um, I, I don't know about what happens in the future when you're actually call and you're like, Hey man, let's, let's go. You pumped. Well, we'll, we'll, well let's do I it get.
0: today. Like last thing we do, like when we end the podcast, before we shut off the recorder, we'll We'll do some push-ups.
1: Fine, that peer pressure.
0: At least it's good peer pressure. <laughs> Send us an email. Who do you think is going to do more push-ups, based on like absolutely no information? Who's going to last longer, doing more push-ups? Adam or Keelan? They saw the description, though. They saw that you're you.
1: <laughs> they saw that you're a principal and I'm dancer. <laughs> what does that have to do with it?
0: It means you're probably stronger, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little Christmas. What are your favorite uh, Christmas things?
1: Hmm.
0: Do you have any Christmas traditions, anything like that? Yeah, okay. So right now I'm in Finland. So this is actually a new Christmas
1: experience. I've never had this before. So I've spent the, per- the first, how old am I? 24? The first 23 Christmases at home in England with my family. And this is the first one that I haven't been able to go to England. So this year I've actually been doing kind of finnish finnishy. Uh, christmas traditions and having like different different food different everything um but when i'm in england my usual traditions are we have this kind of rota convey about of people where we pass along uh vegetables so it'll be like one person has to cut uh cut one side of a Brussels sprout off the other person has to make an x mark in the Brussels sprout then the next one peels it i mean it's probably not the order but that kind of thing. We do that with carrots, peeling, all this stuff. Keep going around until we cook the food. That's usually what we do on Christmas Eve. Sounds like an absolute riot. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, And then we just get uh, drunk. Uh, We do some karaoke or something. I mean, from the sounds of it, I'd already be drunk on Brussels sprouts. That's so exciting. (laughs) Yeah, and then after that, it's just presents in the morning. And then we just play with our gifts of the whole day after that, usually. My family is quite small, so I don't like merge three groups of people together. So I usually just have four people. So it's my, uh, my mom, my sister and my stepdad and that's it.
0: Okay. How about you? Traditions for you? I'm a sucker for a white Christmas and beautifully it started snowing last night. This beautiful, like nice snow, like the fluffy stuff came down last night. So when I took the dog out for his late night walk, it was already like, it was really quiet and there was snow on everything. And I woke up this morning and it's just this beautiful kind of pristine, everything's snow capped. So I really like that. Nice, you felt the magic. So it seems so iconic, yeah, kind of magical. I have the same stocking I've had ever since I was a kid. Like most of the things from my youth, it's Ninja Turtles, everything mm-hmm. is. Um, <laughs> And it's the Donatello and he's great. Now I can, I can, I can show you a pic, but he's, you know, stalking. And then it's like Donatello kind of sticking at the top and every gift I've ever been given from Santa has been, you know, placed either in or around that. So Donatello is like, he's my Christmas. I like the sound of that. <laughs> I do have another tradition around Christmas that a lot of people probably share. And that is the nutcracker. Oh yes. That's right. It's a segue. Finally got there. <laughs> this is going to be a Nutcracker episode. Should we play our intro now? <laughs> yeah, this now it's the intro. Now the music at the beginning is has been, you know, hinting at it. In this episode, let's talk a bit about Nutcracker. We'll talk a little bit about the history of it, a bit of trivia for those who don't know, and then we'll we'll tell some Nutcracker stories and just kind of relive it. Since most of us don't have access to either being in or seeing The Nutcracker this year, most people. uh, We can at least uh, pay homage to it (laughs) this way.
1: Yeah, sounds good.
0: Do you want to start off? So I was doing some research, um, hard at work, sneaking into libraries that are shut down. It was tough, but uh, I learned some things about The Nutcracker, actually, that I didn't know before. Like, did you know that when it premiered, it bombed? It was really poorly reviewed no, i didn't know that so the music famously written by tchaikovsky legendary and we can come back to that because i think the music is really beautiful yeah me too it was composed by tchaikovsky but there's a siren outside probably somebody's too Christmassy. we could probably keep that we can keep that so uh, relatable isn't it yeah So composed by Tchaikovsky, he actually asked to have the premiere of the show delayed because he wasn't ready in time. And so they pushed Mm -hmm. it out, they actually had to push it back. The original story was written by a guy named Hoffman, but it didn't do well. And then Alexandre Dumas, who wrote uh, Three Musketeers and The Count of Monte Cristo, who's a very well-known writer, he published the Nutcracker story which is called, I think it was the, the Nutcracker and the Mouse King, but it was not in English. Uh, he published it and he said, this isn't my work, this is somebody else's, but he published it kind of as well, right? He published the story as well, not taking credit for it, but when he published it, it got more attention. And so it started to get bigger. But of course, like most uh, fairy tales, it was really dark. Uh mm-hmm. If you look at most of the Disney stories, the original source material for them are incredibly dark. So this was pretty dark as well. Uh, It eventually got picked up in Russia and they wanted to make a ballet out of it. And uh, Tchaikovsky was, he felt really panicked. He said that as he was composing it, he was having these nightmares that he wasn't gonna make it in time, Uh, feverish dreams. And so they they delayed it so that he could finish the music in time. It premiered in St. Petersburg to a very tepid response. but So if you think about it back then, you'd go see the ballet, but you'd also just go see Symphony because back then you couldn't just throw on your, your iPod and play some stuff. And so they took out eight sections from the ballet score and put that into something called the Nutcracker Suite. And so that was then played by orchestras around the world for the next few years. And that actually drummed up interest to revisit the ballet. And then George Balancing made a version of it that got really, really big. And that seemed to spread the excitement for Nutcracker around. And since then there are countless versions. It's one of the most uh, ubiquitous ballets in the world. It's probably the most famous ballet in the world. Um, But it's funny to think that it started off as a, not a success at all, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that music is really like, you know, beyond iconic. Hmm. you want to talk about the music a little bit?
1: Um, yeah, my favorite part is the Grand Parada, but especially the Coda, because I remember being on stage just after you finish the Parada and you're really tired, then you do your solo straight away after. Then the girl's doing her Sugar Plum Fairy variation, which is like quite long, apparently, according to the women, but it doesn't seem long enough for me when I'm waiting in the wing for my Coda. Um. Yeah, and I'm listening to the Sugar Plum Fairy music, and then just, just as that finishes, the coda music, that first part, oh, it's so pumpy. Yeah. And then you come in with the rubatohs or whatever you do for your coda. So good. <laughs> I'm still excited
0: from just thinking about it. I, I'm with you on that one. It's true. The Sugar Plum Variation is super long. Uh, I think it's yeah. usually around three minutes. Uh, Which is very long, yeah, very long. Especially when you consider the guy's variation is like 51 seconds or something, right? Mm, Yeah. So apologies to the women for having to go from the (laughs) potter to right into their solo that quickly. We need the time though. I'm wheezing in the wing there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. If we didn't have the three minutes, the coda would have been even more difficult.
0: I hear you that we need the time, but I'm guessing they could also use some more time as well. Which is why I, I would try to like. milk the walking around bow as long as you can, you know, Mm. give them a second.
1: Mm.
0: And so, okay. So here's a Nutcracker story. So in Battle Jorgen, which is the version I did four years in a row, like I did their Nutcracker prints for four seasons in a row. Like most companies, Nutcracker Coda has some flexibility in what choreography you do, but we would do, I would do a cabriole diagonal and then a Soda Bosque and then I would do a And so there's no pirouettes. And so what mm-hmm. I would do is I would, right before my coda started, I'd step in the rosin pile, get really, really rosined up. And then I would use that rosin to help with my grip for the cabriole. And so my cabrioles, because then you've got really good grip on the floor and you can just fly, right? And because of all the rosin on that first cabriole, there would be a puff of dust that would explode <laughs> into the air. Yeah.
1: Especially like the show's, I think it's the last show before Christmas and then the last show of Nutcracker completely in total. Those are the most pumpy, adrenaline-filled, like nonsense shows because everyone's just like, hey, what can I change to make this show a little bit more fun? So they'll they'll change the choreography, they'll wear different costumes. Like I think there was Someone, I think it was in yeah, in this company, Finnish National Ballet. Someone dressed up. Uh, we we didn't do Nutcracker last year. We did Snow Queen, but it was still kind of Christmassy, like snow and stuff like this. Someone dressed up as a circus teddy bear and just randomly danced through the back, like tiptoed. You know, like a yeah, uh, like a Looney Tunes Bugs Bunny or something tiptoeing that kind of yeah, yeah. kind of tiptoe. They tiptoed through like for, for, like two minutes <laughs> along while people were doing the Russian dance, just right. like. Two minutes, huge bear costume. He was like six foot two. This guy, just yeah, right. That kind of stupid stuff happens all the time. And it's especially if anyone's uh, interested in knowing this, the show just before Christmas, and then the last Nutcracker. Those are the times to come if you want to see
0: some weird. Yes. Um, <laughs> fun Agreed. Stuff. Agreed. Yes. And in Finnish national, you guys have the benefit of lifetime contracts, so you can do that, and it's fine. <laughs>
1: yeah (laughs) no risk
0: yeah I mean
1: the ballet masters like encouraged it they they find it fun as well right they have to watch the same ballet all the way through the rehearsals they teach it and then they have to watch every show so i mean or most shows i guess they alternate a bit but at some point mixing things up a little must be good for them and in this case it's just before christmas everyone's chill relaxed the audience is probably a little bit drunk because they probably had some champagne or something um, in between the breaks or whatever they do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if somebody in Estonia did that, what Alita would say? <laughs> she would just <laughs> scowl a little bit more. Mm, no good, teddy bear. Yeah, but then Victor would be laughing. Victor would so laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be fine. <laughs> so I do, for, I do it for Victor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and Tom would like it, I think. And Marina would like it too marina be like "Ooh, nice costume
1: where'd you get these yeah
0: okay so that so that like you're on record as saying your favorite part of the music is uh coda yeah specifically the beginning of the coda because of how much it pumps you up
1: yeah yeah the first literally i mean the the whole coda is great but just (laughs) maybe the first eight counts because that's when my endorphins are highest yeah and then they kind of go down as I get tired throughout the, uh, the grand pirouettes. And I'm like, Oh God, this is hard. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I got time to, especially if the music's slow and you're doing the double, you're doing the grand pirouettes and you have time while you're not in the air, but on Demi point doing the double, I feel like I have time to kind of contemplate the meaning of life and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, wow, this is some slow music. This conductor should speed up a little, <laughs> especially those points. That's when the, the adrenaline is not as high as it
0: is just before I got on stage. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you want to talk a little bit about your childhood experiences with Nutcracker? And then we can talk about our like, professional ones. Uh, okay. The problem is I didn't do
1: any childhood Nutcracker stuff. Because I was like one of the tall kids in my year group. So when I was like 11, 12, I think I was second tallest in my year. And they wanted to pick the, the kids which looked younger than they were that's what they wanted right. so yeah. it would look like it's a it's a, you know like a really small kid like an eight-year-old but they're actually 11
0: 28 right? smart yeah. as an eight- <laughs> 28 did you say yeah he's actually 35 <laughs> but he looks like he's six years old
1: yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> but it's super useful of course because then that kid is smarter than he should be or whatever he's more awake or whatever not every 28 year old is that smart but i hear what you're saying
0: in theory <laughs> yeah
1: yeah But it's just probably easier to work with an 11-year-old that looks like an 8-year-old rather than an (laughs) 8-year-old. I'm with you. Anyway, so I was just this kind of, I don't want to say lanky because I wasn't that tall, but I was taller than the other kids. So also taller and was not getting picked for Nutcracker, unfortunately. But Nutcracker was the start, I want to say, of my ballet career. Um, Actually, not ballet career, my kind of, I want to say love for ballet. My enjoyment of ballet started from watching the Royal Ballet's Nutcracker.
0: Mm.
1: I think I was about ten years old. And right. When I I spoke to my mum a little bit about ballet because she she really wanted to be a ballet dancer and she loves ballet. My sister was doing ballet. And to get into ballet, God, to say that word a lot. To get into it, I was Uh, watching my sister and then like saying ah that that looks crap and stuff and then my mom said okay well you do some ballet classes I did Uh, then I watched the Nutcracker with her she took me to watch the Nutcracker Royal Ballet's Nutcracker and it was just like so impressive seeing the guys do those huge jumps the turns Um, I wasn't so interested in the costumes but the music I was super interested in and the technicality same as now i guess yeah i'm still interested in the music and the technicality but it was impressive enough to make me say okay fine i'll do ballet because i had preconceptions about ballet like i don't know like most people in england i was like oh ballet is what feminine um yeah we've yeah, all gay, seen billy elliott kind of stuff yeah we know what the preconceptions so then are. i had to work into that and after seeing the nutcracker that was enough to make me say, okay, I'll start ballet lessons. I'll do it. And then here we are. So yeah, it has a big, a big place in my heart from the beginning, but then also doing Prince in the Nutcracker yeah. was of course like one of the
0: highlights so far. So yeah,
1: that's amazing too.
0: Do you remember who was dancing when you saw Nutcracker at 10? Cause Royal Ballet has some real hitters, man. You guys got yeah. some in my company. Um, i'm not sure is there any chance that your mom might still have the program
1: i think my mom probably
0: i don't know if she has the program but she probably remember can you text her right now maybe she'll message you back while we're still recording um yeah sure <laughs> all
1: right okay so you want to tell us about your experience with nutcracker? okay yeah i'll tell you <laughs> okay as i message my mom oh my god i nearly put a nut in my ear instead of the phone <laughs>
0: Hey, whatever Good floats enough. your boat, man, you put them wherever <laughs> you want. Uh, so Nutcracker was yeah. the first ballet I was ever in as a kid. So I was going to the National Ballet School in Toronto and the National Ballet of Canada is affiliated with the school. And so the company uses a ton of kids. So the, the version we do in, in Toronto here is choreographed by James Karelka. He was the director for a long time and it's a really theatrical production. And so that's the version I grew up with. And I will tell you, especially as a kid and for kids, it is so immersive. The, the whole beginning uh, party scene is usually in a house. Traditionally, it's in some, you know, a big home. Mm-hmm. This version is actually in a barn and uh, there are t- like really tons of kids and the costumes are really like heavy and, and colorful. and. Um, mm-hmm. But so that's the version I grew up with. Are there animals in there? Plenty of animals throughout, including my first role in the ballet was Lil Mouse. Now I can, I can show you a picture, really cute costumes. And mm-hmm. uh, I actually have a photo with Patrick Chan, who's like world champion figure skater. He used to go to the ballet school. He and I were mice together. One of the first memories I have ever of performing is Mouse and Nutcracker. Did Small Mouse for a couple of years. Then my third year, I think I was like eight or nine years old, I got to be a head honcho mouse. And that was a big deal because you're the first mouse that comes out and you legitimately have a solo on stage. The solo was just run on stage, look at the audience, point your back foot and then go knock on the beds and then the other mice come out. Mm -hmm. But straight up, you're nine on stage in front of like over a thousand people Mm -hmm. with this really amazing professional company. And it's just you on stage. And so that is very cool for a kid. So mm-hmm. that was my first ever kind of, I guess you could call it solo stroll um, at nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was when you knew. That's when I knew, yeah. that's And that's when the company knew, never hire this guy. Um, <laughs> but uh, you didn't do well enough. they're like his feet, we can tell they're not going to improve enough. <laughs> so I, I got older, went to the school full time and then we start doing the party scene. And so this is a story that occurred to me <clears throat> that I remembered and I just want to tell this. So. I would have been, I think sixth grade. So I would have just turned 11. The Gap, they had this like line of clothing that were basically snow pants like winter and they were very colorful on the outside. And then the inside had this really thick, warm lining that was a different color. And I was captivated. I just saw these in the commercial and I was like, mom, I have to have those. I The (laughs) blue ones with the orange inside. (laughs) she's like okay and so i got them for christmas and it's the first show back after christmas and we all meet at the school and i'm wearing my cool snow pants my blue pants Mm -hmm. with the orange on the inside and we walk and i'm so excited like because i just i love my pants and i'm so happy you were the new cool kid in town i certainly thought i was (laughs) so we we get to the theater we put on our costumes and the costumes as i mentioned very thick party scene costumes mega thick costumes Mm -hmm. and I I put on my costume but I thought I'm really excited about these pants Mm -hmm. I'm gonna leave them on Mm -hmm. so I I put the costume over my pants Mm -hmm. and we're doing party scene we're doing all this dancing and I start to get a bit faint and I'm like I don't know guys (laughs) sweating a lot right now I don't know (laughs) I don't know if I'm gonna make it. <laughs> Nine-year-old Michelin man in <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like looking real thick, especially around the pants. <laughs> yeah. And uh and I don't know if I'm gonna make it. And there's a break between dances. I go backstage and I say to Laurel Toto, who is an absolute angel. She she kind of runs Nutcracker for all the kids. I go to Laurel. She's kind of like a second mom to everybody. And I go to her and say, Miss Toto, I, I don't feel so good. I don't I don't know if I can make it. And she's mm-hmm. like well, what's wrong and i'm like i just really hot and i'm like and i pull up and i'm like i think it might be these pants and i pull up my <laughs> costume and I show, I show the brightest blue pants you've ever seen with the brightest yeah. orange lighting you've ever seen yeah and she doesn't yell at me which would have been fair and she's like oh well we should go take those off and get you back on stage and i'm like uh, okay okay and so she kind of helps <laughs> me up the stairs I take off the f- snow pants and just wear the costume. And I managed to finish the, the act and it's fine. But I, Not. <laughs> I love like looking back at that because that's still me. It's obviously I'm a different person now, but I'm also the same guy. And mm-hmm. looking back at the logic of an 11 year old saying, even though I'm wearing these under my costume, nobody's going to see them. Mm-hmm. I want to wear them for me. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I've never had heat stroke since then. I've, because I've never thought, hey, you know, it would be a really good idea. Wear my winter clothing under my costume. So that's, that's an early Nutcracker memory that is a really sweet memory. No, that's a good one. One more little Nutcracker thing about when I'm a kid. So <laughs> the families in Nutcracker, um, they were called, uh, I think it was like rich family, military family, paper doll family, and poor family. And... Mm-hmm. I was blessed with being cast in the poor family every year. And so the poor family, they had like the worst looking costumes. Like they looked like rugs just thrown together and, and they all had red wigs. So they all had like curly red hair wigs and you pin them really painfully into your head and you just be the sweatiest person you've ever seen. But we had this big table of food Uh, in this version of the Nutcracker. There's a big table of food. Real. Most of the food is fake, but one little bowl is full of real food. And it's these like baby cookies. Like, I don't know if you have them in England, but they're called arrowroot cookies. It's kind of like just a simple biscuit, right? Okay. And so that's real. And in one rehearsal, stage rehearsal, I remember James Kadelka over the mic saying, hey, poor family, stay by the table, keep eating. Because the point being, hey, if we're trying to make it clear these guys are poor, they should be eating the whole time. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I took that note and I never let that note go. And so I was just eating all show, every show and every opportunity I had to shove a cookie in my mouth, like right before we started dancing, I was doing it. So I was chewing all of first act. Oh, really? Incredibly fun. Really any opportunity where somebody's saying, no, 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 I want you to go eat those cookies on yeah. stage. I'm going to take it. Mm. Such a beautiful thing.
1: I mean, who wouldn't have milked that though? For sure, I would have. I'd put like three cookies in my mouth
0: and then dance with the cookies in my mouth.
1: Like just anything.
0: Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. You had me at milk. Uh, I should have literally milked it and brought some milk with me. (laughs) (laughs) Unless I was wearing snow pants and I threw up the whole thing. Yeah.
1: Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Dropped a nut. You want to go pick it up? No, no. I I, I picked it. I got it.
0: Okay.
1: There's these little finish cups. I've got filled it with nuts. Got like five hundred grams of nuts here. Got my cashews, sugar, salt, cashews, and then are these peanuts? Yeah, I think I've got some peanuts here.
0: Just flexing on how much like like you're you can just afford to buy cashews in Finland, which I assume are like a dollar each or something.
1: Uh, well, someone gave them to me, so yeah, and they probably are pretty expensive.
0: Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth yeah. it if it makes you happy, it's worth it, isn't it? I'm with you that the Nutcracker Coda music is awesome and incredibly hype inducing. But I think there's some other cool music that we could talk about a bit too. I, I really think that all the music is great though. I mean, that's kind of a like a weak take, but it, it really is. There's a reason why it's so iconic. And like flowers is is incredible music. I think that pretty much every time I hear flowers, I get to st- I start getting movement in my stomach and sometimes my bowels, because right after Flowers is when you enter for the the principal potata. De mm-hmm. And so it's still in my my body to just kind of panic a little bit, like, oh I'm not a, I'm not in my spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my shoes don't have rosin yet. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I mean the number of times I've heard flowers and thought, is there time to go to the bathroom one more time? No. Is uh definitely in the triple digits at this point. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, i was gonna say something. Like, I should just like cut in no i shouldn't
0: i have to just oh i'll write it down fuck that'll do it interrupting is also fine just interrupting is harder because of them like because we're not together like if we were together interrupting is easy right? mm. yeah. uh, also you could do this like you could put a finger up and then i'll see it i feel like a, a kid in primary school again putting that finger up i mean that's... you can do <laughs> you can do this one if you want like whoa whoa, whoa.
1: whoa, whoa. you know that's illegal in england right I didn't know that. The, the, the middle the middle finger and the two fingers, illegal.
0: Did you know that not naming your kid Philip is illegal in England? Why are you saying that? It's just like a really British name, isn't it? I guess. I don't
1: know any Americans.
0: Philip. They're all called like Skylar or something. Philip? Like it has to be at least the first or the middle name. Like a lot of people called Michael in America. In America, yeah, yeah. Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why <are> you do? <laughs> it's so stupid.
1: <laughs> yeah, but actually, I, I can't laugh too much because it's early there. And um, when I had a dog for a few days, I had like a, a pet. What was it? It was a half poodle, half Maltese. And I had to interrupt my amazing sleep schedule to make me wake up at like 8 30. And so I was walking around like two, three hours earlier than what I wanted to get up at uh, with this little dog, really cute half poodle thing, uh, trying to make her poo in the dark, in the cold in Finland with bloodshot eyes. And you start hallucinating a bit. Hallucinating is probably not the right thing, but you start going a little bit
0: nuts hyposinating No, it's yeah
1: <laughs> whatever it is you start going a bit crazy and then i was just after calling this dog telling it to poo because i'm not i mean i, I like dogs but i'm not like a terribly a dog person just because i didn't grow up with dogs so i don't know what i'm supposed to do so i was trying to get this dog to poo in the cold in the dark in finland at eight thirty. 30 you bless your eyes um And I started just saying, poo, 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 that didn't work. So then I started trying to do it with an American accent because I thought, oh, this dog has an American owner, American accent makes sense. So I said, go potty, go potty like this. And that didn't work. So then I thought, okay, I need to be a little bit more nasally because American. So so then I put my hand, my finger over my nose and I go potty like this. That still didn't work. So then I was looking up, I looked up on YouTube. I was like, okay. Whenever I struggle with anything, I Google it or I YouTube it, like, like everyone does. Uh, and then and there was like, oh, the five things you need to do to get your dog to poo. And I was like, okay, I should be able to sort this out. And the first thing was it has to poo at the same time every day or something like this. And I was like, okay, it's 8.30, you should be pooing now. The second thing was you, you should rub the underside of the dog, the, the belly of the dog, counterclockwise or, or something like that, or just rub it. And so I, I thought that's a bit weird, but then, of course... You know, beggars can't be choosers. It's early, and I'll I'll do some weird crap at 8:30 in the morning when I'm tired. So I got down in the dark, in the cold, 8:30, bloodshot eyes, to try to chase this little dog that clearly didn't want his tummy rubbed when it was trying to. Because I, I wanted to move the stomach around so I could get the dog's, you know, functions flowing um, through like grass and mud to try to. To to turn the little stomach counterclockwise, and so I don't know how we got here. By the way, <laughs> I don't know how we got into this point in the story. But anyway, uh, yeah, I tried that and that also didn't work. Oh, um, I was really hoping it would work. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I really let you down with that. But then we kept walking, and I started just saying random crap to myself. And the dog, oh, the owner's gonna be really annoyed if I say this, but I'll say anyway. Um, the dog looks a little bit like a potato. It's like small and somewhat round and she's gained like half a kilo recently. So she's not as limber as she once was. She's a young dog, but anyway. Um, And I was just saying to myself, like, if this dog was James Bond, she would say the name is Tato. -tato." (laughs) Po-Tato. I said weird shit like this to myself. So (laughs) I can't judge you. Right. (laughs) Because I do it too. (laughs) I'm crazy as well.
0: (laughs) you understand early morning yeah. underslept yeah. yeah i like the creativity that you were like you know what american accent you know what let's try regional american accents try boston
1: yeah take a that
0: crack <laughs> yeah
1: oh my god okay my my mom just messaged me back okay oh my so, god yeah okay finally okay um Oh, she said it was E&B, not Royal. Wow, you really dun, need dun, to dun. rethink your entire career. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I went <laughs> to the wrong school. Oh, oh my God! And she said she doesn't know who the principal was, but it was from Emb. Who was the principal, ENB? Ten years ago. You have any idea? I don't know. Was it fifteen years ago? I should know. I'll ask someone. All right. Well, that was a letdown. Thanks, Mum. <laughs> I should call her next time. <laughs> yeah. All are on the show. Get everyone involved. You can call your mom. They can say hi to each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, well, that's fine. We don't need to know. Um the point is that they were good enough to inspire you to go and devote your life to a craft. So it's obviously they were quite good. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so do you have any any other standouts aside from the way that that impacts you when you're on stage? Any other music that you think is really beautiful from Nutcracker? Like say somebody who hasn't heard the Nutcracker has the Spotify playlist Nutcracker songs out and you they say, look, I'm going to listen to one song. What do you recommend?
1: Yeah, that's difficult because it depends on the mood. If it's hype they want, then it can be Treypack. The Russian. Yeah, Russian
0: it's a good um, song flowers is great though especially the beginning da, 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 dum, ba, dum. yeah i don't really consider myself a singer
1: but it's actually pretty useful because then i i remember which part of the ballet is so that's good right. also when you were talking before you said the word tepid and i had to look it up i didn't want to not want to interrupt you now but just so if anyone doesn't know what tepid means it means slightly warm lukewarm
0: did i say tepid
1: you did yeah, because it blew my mind. I was like, whoa, I've heard that name. I heard that word before, but not enough to be confident with it. I don't remember Hopefully that like doesn't happen one. too much. <laughs> Otherwise it'd be like vocabulary podcast too. Um, Loads uh, of people are like, all oh, right, idiot. You should know what tepid means.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I guess if I had to pick a half, I'd say the second half, the music is nicer. Like it's more legendary. Mm-hmm. Chinese. So I'll just put it out there. I've always said Nutcracker is my favorite ballet. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's beautiful. Obviously, everybody's version is different, and so some versions are more extravagant than others. But there's something I think because most companies only do it around Christmas, and so it's, it's kind of inseparable from the time of year, the festivity, the magic of Christmas. memories of growing up with it you know uh knowing santa claus is on his way so the whole thing is kind of a package deal and like imagine if you have to do 30 shows of any ballet every year for your entire career and you have to just pick and that's the one thing you do every single year for 20 years what would you want it to be i don't think i'd pick anything other than nutcracker you know yeah agreed there's lots of roles in it so everybody's usually pretty busy right some ballets like. Some ballets have like two roles for guys and you know, three for girls and the rest is boring. Nutcracker, there's most versions. It's everybody's working a lot.
1: And there's a lot to mix, mix up because there's so many roles and parts. So if you have like 20 shows, 30 shows of Nutcracker to do, but you're doing different roles each, each show, it's not as, like it doesn't get as dry as quickly. Yeah, agreed. So yeah, good stuff.
0: What was your favorite, like, because okay, 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 nutcracker. So you finish the potata. De For me, that potata de is very lift heavy, especially at the end. And so mm-hmm. I noticed when I was finishing and we were bowing, I was mm-hmm. noticing, like, oh, my arms feel really weak right now. Like they feel really tired. And that's mm-hmm. not so common because usually in ballet, even though we lift in, in a Grand potada, de usually my arms aren't a thing that are tired. But I noticed in nutcracker, my arms were always wiped out, and so even to the point where when I would bow, I kept my arms down because I was like, "I need this extra five seconds to just let my arms hang." Mm-hmm. Right? Did you notice that? Did that happen for you?
1: Uh, yeah, it did. It was because of the the pressage after you walk around to the back, and then you have to flip the girl down into fish. Yeah, that part uh, that was the most fun, but also the most stressful part of the whole thing for me, yeah. because I, I didn't have so much experience with flipping the girl down from fish, um, and my arms were sort of, not, not shaky, but I wasn't so confident with that after. Cause you, I think you do, Was it? You do two pressages, right? You press her, you put her back down, she walks away. Then it's another press.
0: And then the walk around to the back. But then even before that, we do some carries across the stage. There's a few ah, carries yeah. in a row. And then you do the big toss lifts going from the corner. And then mm. you do the big press and then the other big press, which you hold. So it's a whole series there of lifting.
1: Yeah. So it's after the oh, 20 seconds of pressing to then press and hold. That's when the arms start getting really shaky.
0: I think, and you even do it, you do the carries for like a minute and then you do the big presses and stuff. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that lift was
1: very fun for me. But also actually uh, in the first act, the snow putter, that snow lift it's like a drape but it's lower down the back and then the girl's even further over the back of your head the, but then she, the swan lake ha- yeah the, 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 over the, the swan head. lake one yeah. yeah and then the leg is pointing to the sky yeah that one I, I thought was really beautiful especially with abby because she just has amazing legs and feet so right. really nice positions
0: that opening for that cracker variation is it's probably my favorite I just think it's so boss when you do the Devil Play Side new double tour. I just yeah. think with the music too, dum, ba-dum, ba-dum, and the changement, that's such a simple but effective beginning mm-hmm. for a solo. And then the barrel turns, I love. Especially if you nail the double tour. Yeah, that's a given, yeah.
1: I saw uh, Sergei, he did two doubles like each time.
0: It's pretty hard. Have you tried it? It's in rehearsal, never in a show. I want to do that. I've, I think for me I'd rather just like nail the whole variation all the way through and then add a double double. Yeah, true. Rather than having the double double at the start and then getting too tired for
1: the pirouettes and then, and then too tired have, for the manage. And, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a do you have a preference for how it ends? Because I guess you just did the Sotobosk manage every time, but there's the cabriole version, um, like different, different some people some companies do the Alicicons with all the pull-ins and stuff like that. Do you have kind of like a favorite version? Uh I really like the Alisicon pull-in one. We did that in school a lot. I and mean, I thought it was really fun. You could do that really well. You got a nice Alistair period. pirouette. Uh, thank you. I think the key for you would be somehow, and we'll come back to this in a later episode, just skip class that day. And somehow your Alistair would work even better. <laughs> it's because I'd be like relaxed and I would have good sleep. That was only a few times. I think you, you just caught me. I don't know, no. maybe like three times you, no. you caught me. No. What do you mean? You. No, and we'll come back to this. But when you were finishing up that last season in Estonia... I didn't see you in class like i saw you in class like once twice a week the last couple months but then you would just rock out like perfect six pirouettes double tour in the little 15 minute break before rehearsals and i'd be like okay i guess he's fine like i guess he doesn't need it you know he's doing better so okay <laughs> maybe he's doing class
1: at home i don't know no i wasn't but i was doing like a, a very nice pilates warm-up really feeling each each glue multiple times away oh, hey i know
0: yeah, i was just ready
1: okay <laughs> yeah. a- I, I know that wasn't so clear when i say feeling each glute multiple times oh, i think makes-
0: i think the audience can imagine what you mean i think they can <laughs> picture it yeah i think they're picturing it right now <laughs> just picture adam feeling his glutes one at a time yeah <laughs>
1: okay whatever okay
0: they can imagine what they want <laughs> Um, okay. So shall we wrap it up?
1: Yeah.
0: Do you want to bring <laughs> us on? Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you everyone
1: for listening to this episode of two, two guys. Uh, it would be great if you could let us know if you have any questions, comments, any of that, um, email us at two, two at gmail.com. We'll see you guys next time. Merry Christmas.
0: Merry Christmas. And
1: uh, I'll see you next week. All right. Yeah, man. Do you have a sense of belonging anywhere? Dance. Just dance. dance.